continuing this morning. Brent crude oil now is up at $35.65 a barrel. Gold hit a seven-year high uh, yesterday, but it did come off a bit from those highs. It's trading at $1,715 an ounce. And in the currency markets, the US dollar is trading at 107.4 against the Japanese yen. Do stay tuned to Radio 3. Back chats coming up with Hugh Chiverton and Ada Wong after the news. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock on Money Talk. Please do join me for that. It's the weather forecast. Sunny intervals and a few showers. The maximum temperature is going to be about 29 degrees. The weather it will remain unsettled for the rest of this week and there'll be occasional heavy showers and squally thunderstorms. It's 27 degrees right now and 85% relative humidity. Just gone 8.30. Here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. President Trump says he's taking an anti-malarial drug as a precaution against the new coronavirus. Mr Trump, who's tested negative several times, said he'd been taking hydroxychloroquine as a preventive measure. The president made his surprise announcement at a news conference at the White House. I happen to be taking it. Hydroxychloroquine? I'm taking it. Hydroxychloroquine. Right now, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I started taking it. Because I think it's good. I've heard a lot of good stories. And if it's not good, I'll tell you right, I'm not going to get hurt by it. It's been around for 40 years for malaria, for lupus, for other things. I take it. A lot of doctors take it. His comments come several weeks after the Food and Drug Administration issued a public warning against the drug, saying there was no proof it was effective and could cause heart problems. The head of the International Monetary Fund, Kristalina Georgieva, has warned the global economy will take far longer than expected to recover fully from the impact of the coronavirus pandemic. Here's the BBC's Andrew Walker. The IMF has already predicted that the world is facing the sharpest decline in economic activity since the Great Depression of the 1930s. That forecast, published only five weeks ago, was for a 3% decline this year, and now the agency's managing director, Kristalina Georgieva, says economic data released in the meantime points to what she called even more bad news. She said the IMF's economists were likely to revise their forecasts, suggesting an even deeper slump. Her gloomy view is broadly in line with a new warning from the US Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell that the downturn could last until late next year. The ride-hailing company Uber has announced it's laying off another 3,000 people. 45 offices will also be closed. Here's the BBC's Zoe Thomas. Earlier this month, the company said it would be letting go of 3,700 workers as it tries to save $1 billion. The combined layoffs mean Uber is losing nearly a quarter of its global staff. This round of layoffs focuses on long-term bets for Uber, including the development of self-driving cars and a freight service. Not included in those cuts? Drivers. Uber considers them private contractors, not employees. But many of them have lost nearly all of their income during the coronavirus pandemic, as lockdown measures have prevented people from traveling. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Hugh Chiverton, your co-host today. Ada Wong. Ada, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. Well, the Examinations and Assessment Authority said last night that a council meeting to decide whether to pull a controversial question in the DSE history exam had not yet reached a conclusion and there's no word yet when it'll meet again. The Education Bureau has ordered the authority to scrap the question on whether Japan did more good than harm to China between 1900 and 1945, saying it's biased and hurtful to 
Chinese people who suffered great pain during the Japanese invasion. The exam's body says the issue requires careful consideration. Is a question badly set, as critics have suggested. Is there room for discussion on this matter? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, or give us a call, 233-88266, and join the conversation, 233-88266. After 9.15, we're going to be joined by Chu Hoi Dick, the pan-democratic lawmaker, talking about yesterday's fight in Legco over the House Committee. Joining us for the first part of the programme now, we have uh, Professor Holok Sang, Senior Research Fellow in the Pan Sutong Shanghai Hong Kong uh, Economic Policy Research Institute at Lingnan University, and Colin Lai, who's a secondary school teacher who teaches DSE level history. Mervyn Chung joining us later in the programme uh, as well. Just before we get to that, uh, one comment f- relating to uh, yesterday's discussion about the IPCC report. Andrew says, morning. So the uh, CE and the CS have both trotted out the word objective when lavishing praise on the incredibly late IPCC report. In what real world would it be objective, though? A few international newsreaders may be fooled by that, but they undermine the intelligence of any rational Hong Konger by using that word. What was the government thinking, having the banner reading the truth about Hong Kong behind Carrie Lam as she announced the report? What makes an internal body investigating itself become the truth? Matthew Chung's laughable comments yesterday that parrots Xinhua's tone in its statement implies that the new normal here is that if you don't agree with something, you have bad intentions. Totalitarianism, anyone? No one rational in Hong Kong accepts this as being the last word. Refusing an independent investigation has never been openly explained. That comes uh, from Andrew. Uh, Bowen says on uh, the uh, today's topic, and there's a longer piece by Bowen, which I'll share later, but uh, today Bowen says, Dear Backchat, as I listened to the discussion on Radio 3 before today's Backchat on the question in DSE's history exam, much was made about whether the question was suitable, in inverted commas, or whether the materials provided insinuated a leaning of those who set the questions that was in favour of the statement, i.e. Japan did more good than harm, and thus urged the candidates to provide a compliant answer. First, for anyone who has studied history at A-level and above, and I did, this logic flies in the face of the basic tenets of an education in history, as it is understood in the West, at least. Second, the assumption of this logic and argument is the most dangerous part of the discussion so far, by assuming that students will and are expected to answer questions in accordance with their perception of the leaning of the examination authorities. It establishes an underlying, almost subliminal understanding. Students need to look for clues and hints of the wishes of the authorities and follow them instinctively and not to think independently if they wish to do well. Can't you see what you're doing to the young? Hugh and Mr Weeks uh, says Bowen. And uh, Andy says the education secretary said Chinese people quote suffered great pain during the Japanese invasion of China. In fact Chinese people suffered during the entire period of Japanese occupation not just during the periods of invasion in 1931 and 1937. I therefore suggest the education secretary resigns. The question is not as daft as it sounds. Many scholars have pointed out that the major beneficiary of the Japanese occupation was the Chinese Communist Party. By 1936, the Kuomintang had managed to secure its political dominance by nearly annihilating the CCP. During the eight-year war with Japan, the Kuomintang government nearly collapsed. Simultaneously, the small groups of communists grew, with vast amounts of territory under their control and the support of the peasants. As Mao Zedong himself said to told a visiting Japanese delegation in 1960, 
64. Had your imperial army not invaded more than half of China, the Chinese people would not have been able to unite to oppose you and we would not have been able to seize state power. That comes from Andy. And uh, one more email. This is uh, from Peter, uh, who says, The appalling DSE question, whether Japan had done more good than harm to China, is a clear attempt to whitewash history. The question alone is not just a leading one, it is a serious insult to the estimated 17 million Chinese who died and their surviving families during the Second Sino-Japanese War from 1937 to 45, and the millions more victims counting the early periods of Japanese occupation. Maybe Hong Kong educators believe that the Battle of Shanghai, the Rape of Nanking, the Unit 731, experiments, chemical, biological warfare, the massacres, looting and plundering of the country committed by the Japanese was helping the, Jap the Chinese exercise population control. Imagine asking Russia, who lost an estimated 27 million to the Nazis, the same question. Or asking the Israelis if the Nazi Holocaust did a lot of good for the Jewish people and helped the Jewish to develop enough resolve and international support to found the State of Israel in 1948. Besides, asking that question in Germany is a criminal offence, as it is denying or downplaying the Holocaust. The Germans clearly had foresight with such a law. What is wrong with these educators and anyone who is defending the legitimacy of that atrocious question? Have they lost all morals, respect for the victims and historical, historical perspective? That DSE question and other incidents which came to light recently is just another indication that students are more likely... Uh, are more, like, more than likely being systematically brainwashed by the Hong Kong education system. Let's also remember that China's a forgotten ally, one that many Western countries prefer not to remember. remember. Um, that's uh, most of uh, an email from Peter. Thank you very much indeed for that. Our address, backchat at rthk.hk. As I say, we're joined now by, by Holok Sang and uh, Colin and I, a secondary school teacher. Uh, Holok Sang, maybe good morning to you. Uh, what, what are your th thoughts on the exam? First of all, what, what about the question of whether the exam or an assessment authority should scrap the question? Well, uh, I personally do not agree. Could you could you speak a little bit? Sorry, could you speak a little bit closer to the to your phone? Yes, okay, okay. I, I'm saying I'm saying that I do Thank not you. agree with scrapping the question. I think it's at this point it's much better to um, um, carefully. Um, design a marking scheme that is seen to be fair and educational and announce that and also enforce that uh, uh, through random checks and so on, you know, you know because you look at the I'm sorry, sorry, Professor Ho. We're, we're, the, the line is, is breaking up. Could we, could we uh, maybe get back to you, see if we can call you back and... Uh, Try and get try and get better line. Let, let's put the same question to uh, Colin Lai in the meantime. Mr. Lai, good morning to you. Hi, good morning. Thanks for for, for joining us. Uh, what do you think the examination authorities should do at this stage? Yes, actually, there is a mechanism to review the exam papers uh, every year after the examination. And even if we assume that the question uh, now being disputed is questionable, there might be uh, some problem. Uh, they could put the issue to the subject committee of the uh, exam authority to review the question so that they would not uh, set the same kind of question again in the future. But, of course, we need to come back to look at this question alone, uh, which I think is perfectly okay. Uh, this type of question has been asked over the years for over, well, many decades, actually, and uh, students and teachers are very used to it, and nobody has ever raised any question 
about this type of question. So I, I don't know where this is uh, all come from. So you don't think that um, you know the exam authorities should scrap uh, this particular question at all? No, no, they should not. Of course, uh, because uh, actually, if we look very carefully at the question, the design has uh, has considered both sides of the argument. Now it seems that the sources are more uh, about the benefits that the Japanese have done to China, but actually. Uh, the source has also implied uh, one uh, bad thing that the Japanese have done to the Chinese by setting a very high interest rate when lending money to China. And also, the, 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 the most important thing is that this is a do you agree type of question. And in the question, it uh, very explicitly asks the students to talk about the good and harm that the Japanese have done to China. And so the students had to use all kinds of examples, all kinds of historical facts they've learned in class, like the, uh, of course, the war of res uh, resistance against the Japanese, the 21 demands, the Nanjing massacre, and numerous examples like that to answer the question. So, so the design of the question is okay. Yes, it's okay because it's the type of question that has usually been asked, you know, in the DSC and also in the previous A level. But um, from what I heard, you know, the um, uh, you know other people would think that um, uh, you, you you can't really compare. Uh, for example, financial benefits um, that Japan has been um, uh, supporting China in the early part of the 1900s uh, to invading China, um, you know, as a big country. So, so you can't really compare the values, uh, financial value, and also, um, you know, you just can't invade and kill people. Of course, it's wrong to invade and kill people. Uh, as I said, uh, students could use examples like Nanjing Massacre and and the war against China as examples to prove that the Japanese has done more harm. Okay, that's perfectly okay. But, uh, but in normal analysis, as in analysis of all, uh, international issues, that even today that we have now, uh, we put uh, different things into perspective. We uh, compare the political benefits and harm we, with uh, maybe the economic uh, development and things like that. That's what we usually do, and I don't see how there's a problem. We don't usually, and maybe especially for young people, it's not good to compare. There are certain things which are kind of off the scale. There are atrocities which were committed by the Japanese in China, which which it's it's grotesque to compare to weigh up them up in economic terms or to compare them with with an economic benefit they just they just don't belong in the same category and this sort of question is encouraging that sort of comparison you wouldn't talk about the the economic advantages of the, of the holocaust or or any other atrocity against humanity and that's exactly something that uh, one of the things that we as teachers have to teach our students of course i agree that uh, uh, casualties, uh, human lives, cannot be compared to uh, economic benefits and things like that. But we can't just uh, just uh, uh, impose that on our students. They have to learn it. They have to learn the skill through the three years of studies in the uh, DSE curriculum. And then we ask them to uh, assess the, the, the benefits and harm uh, in terms of uh, different perspectives. 
and uh, different values, like, uh, of course, the most important thing is humanistic value. So in this perspective, I would expect many of the students would answer that the Japanese have done more harm than good uh, to China because of that. Okay, Holok Sang, are you there again? Okay, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, carry on, yeah, you were saying. Yes, uh, first of all, I, I, I agree with the, with, with the uh, teacher, right, uh, that um, uh, I wouldn't like to scrap that question, but I would like to ensure that the guideline uh, um, um, is up to standard and is fair. Uh, but uh, personally, I also think that the question is, uh, is very bad, very bad taste and uh, unethical, in the sense that... Uh, um, uh, you see, supposing suppose uh, suppose you have a very independent thinking uh, student uh, uh, questioning uh, that question itself, saying that well, you really cannot compare costs against benefits in this kind of thing, you know, because this is unethical. Um, um, this invasion is unethical, and you cannot say that okay. Uh, uh, in the end, there's something good that comes out. Okay, so and um, so um, I I I had uh, um, uh, support um, positively uh, a question. Supposing Japan had uh, successfully conquered the world, okay, and then make the world uh, very nice. Okay, so you have very uh, good benefits, you know, to to humanity thereafter. Okay. But would you condone that action? You see, so so I think that uh, for 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 this kind of uh, uh, thing, you don't you don't really ask people to compare benefits against costs. You know, we are not talking about a a tolerant decision. You are you are also talking about a uh, a mixed bag of things. You know, because uh, uh, the, the the time frame is uh, from from 1905 to uh, 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 sorry uh, for. Uh, from, from 1900 to 1945, and those 45 years. And of course, within those 45 years, any nation would have done something, something bad, you know, to, to uh, 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 domestically and also internationally. And you're asking people to compare uh, what is good and what is bad, and you cannot really enlist all of them and say that, okay, uh, uh, therefore it's good and therefore it's bad. P Professor Ho, uh, in, in, in that sense, um, there should be a lot of things that we can't discuss. For example, no, can we discuss, no. can we discuss uh, you know, the good and bad thing about colonialism? So colonialism in itself is bad, but if the colonizer yeah. made uh, a city great, then, then what, 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 what's happening? You know, can we discuss this sort of um, very controversial um, question? Um, I think uh, um, it is fine to discuss uh, the, uh, the, uh, the benefits and costs of colonialism to humanity and also to the nation, so, so as to open people's thinking to those things. I think that is fine. That is fine. I, I, I do not question that. But you, you need to have uh, uh, a, a curriculum that... Uh, 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 is designed in that particular way so that people will ponder over over the human cost v versus the economic cost and so on. You see, and uh, in reference to that 
particular question, as I said, you're talking not only about invasion as such, you're talking about mixed bag of things. And, uh, and you're, you, you, you're, uh, you see, the question is asking, okay, take the totality of all the things that, are, that have been done by, by Japan to, to China during that period. Uh, is there more good than bad, or is there more bad than good? Okay, so it's a mix of bag of things. And it's very silly, you know, to, to ask people to enumerate all those uh, uh, good things and bad things and then, uh, and then try to see whether the, uh, there's more good and bad. You see, you're not even asking for a, a particular action itself. They're not asking about invasion. I, I, I would have accepted it, you know, even better if they, if they say that, okay, um, would, you, would you think that the invasion of Japan uh, to, to, to China uh, had done more good uh, than bad to China, okay? That's more explicit. You're talking about something very specific, but you're talking about mixed pack of things, and people... I mean, I mean, the, the the examples. It's interesting that the examples that are given, that the uh, the factual material comes from the from the early period. Uh, yeah, maybe the, maybe an A student would yeah. would would say, well, you know, if you look at this historically, then you find a difference in history. You find at first there was one attitude, and then that later turned into another attitude after the invasion. So you could say, um, you know, there were differences. You so you shouldn't consider the 1900 to 1945 as one lot. Uh, because there yeah, was a change, right, there was a change right, in right, attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, I, I, I agree. I mm. agree. I agree. Uh, but um, um, first of all, you know, to that kind of question, uh, it is suggestive that if there's more good than bad, then then it can be acceptable. You see, and and I and I think that that is something rather immoral. You see, you, you see, because you you do not judge. Uh, 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 um, whether something is acceptable uh, just by looking at the at the old, uh, at the effects, you know, you know, because you see, supposing supposing a crime has been done to a family, okay, and then the family uh, 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 um, uh, the um, uh, woke up and then uh, has learned a lot of things, you cannot say that okay, uh, the crime has done more good. And bad to that family, and, and and so it's acceptable. You can't see that. You you can't see that. Okay, Japan had uh, uh, supposing Japan has conquered the world and and, and, and then made a, a very nice uh, peaceful world thereafter. Then the invasion is accept acceptable. See, because that kind of cause benefit kind of comparison uh, is not the kind of question. Uh, you know. Uh, this invasion, this is itself, by itself, is something that, that, that is not acceptable. Mm. Okay? I mean, c c Colin Lyon, another uh, thing... The, the moral sense of the question is, is, is just wrong. Yeah. There's no moral sense to that question. There's just the cost versus benefit sense. Eh? Uh, Okay, Mr. Lai, do you want do you want to respond to that? And and also, is it appropriate to be asking teenagers this? I mean, these are quite complicated, difficult questions. Maybe they're more appropriate for an undergraduate or even graduate. I mean, for yeah, academics yeah, to yeah, be yeah, discussing, yeah. not and, for teenagers. And, and, and you see, unfortunately, the question itself did not allow, did not seem to allow that a, a, a very independent thinking uh, student challenges the question, saying that okay. You really shouldn't compare cost versus benefits. That's 
really immoral, you know. I, and I want you to talk about the moral aspect of it, and and, and then uh, uh, um, criticize the the uh, the concept of comparing cost versus benefits. Will will will, will he get any marks? Mr. Lai, no. Okay, Mr. Lai. Okay, keep going. Uh, we answer to me. You see, but uh, okay, hang on, Holok saying, yeah, yeah. Colin Lai. We we need to read the words in the question. So the the, the question <clears throat> the question is asking, Japan did more good than harm to China in the period 1945. Do you agree? So which part of the question is unfair? Uh, or has I'm not saying that it's unfair. I, I, I'm saying that it precludes the, the independent thinking that uh, comparing costs versus benefits for that period is, uh, is not sensible, you know, because uh, we are talking about a moral dimension. We're talking about ethics. Yeah, the ethics dimension is more important than this cost versus benefits dimension. If you look at the sources, the source C is a letter from the revolutionary leader at the time to a Japanese politician. Source C, right, uh, uh, sorry, source C, is about the Chang government's uh, pledge to, to the Japanese university uh, uh, head to uh, offer a constitutional cause. That's a fact. Source C is about the revolutionary leader's letter uh, to a politician in Japan. That's a fact. These are facts. So what, what's wrong of using two pieces of facts? I'm not, I'm not talking about those, those, those uh, there's any distortion. I'm saying, I'm saying that the question is ask. The question itself is asking students to to com- compare costs versus benefits and and and, and say whether the costs are, are bigger so, or whether so you the think, benefits. So you think students are not that, allowed that, to compare yeah, uh, benefits? You really um, shouldn't make that kind of comparison, you know, because there's a human cost to it. There's an ethical dimension to it, and that is entirely dropped out of the thinking of the of the setter of that question, and also uh, the students are not expected, you know? The, 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 the student is being asked to students just... Students are uh, expected uh, to do that, uh, and they have been trained in their classroom for two and a half years before they took the exam. So, um, Why are they incapable of doing that? Um, Mr. Lai, uh, some people, including uh, Mrs. Hong, you know, the Deputy Secretary of the Education Bureau, uh, said that there are two excerpts of the reading material, as you have mentioned, and these two excerpts uh, refer to uh, events uh, in the earlier part of 1900, but um, it does not provide a, a reference material or reading material, you know, for the latter part, so after 1937. Now, do you think it's a problem uh, uh, with uh, providing... Um, you know, the excerpt materials uh, mostly on the benefits uh, of the relationship between China and Japan in those days. Yes, that's another very interesting question uh, in response to Mrs. Hong's comment. Uh, as I said at the beginning of this program, this type of question has been used in the examination for over uh, several decades, all right? So uh, for, the pe- uh, for the students, for the candidates who got an A, or a five double star in those exams, I wonder uh, if uh, what Mrs. Hall would say to them. Uh, so uh, are they a joke to her? So, so you think this type of question is, is normal and has been here for several decades, but um, 
uh, I think the positioning of Hong Kong has also changed. Uh, this question is very tricky. I, I think it's a very Hong Kong type of question, exam question, because the student needs to differentiate that there are two distinct periods, uh, you know, from 1900 to 1937 or so, and then from 1937 onwards. So those are two separate periods and there should be different arguments. Um, but um, uh, do, do, do you think it is, um, you know, this type of question, the tricky one, you know, should be changed to reflect some fundamental humanistic values? Yes, actually, as I said, uh, students would need to use humanistic values in answering these questions because uh, they're talking about uh, political reform in the sources and uh, economic uh, uh, exchanges uh, in the sources, but students have to uh, give their own examples of the war, the Nazi massacre, the comfort women, and so on, in answering the question. And that is actually the design of the question. The sources, Source C, is uh, an article published in 1905. Uh, Source C is a letter written in 1912. But the whole question is asking about 1900 to 1945. Obviously, the, the question center has designed the scope of that question to include the, uh, the, the war between China and Japan and all the things that I just mentioned. So obviously, the, the question center has uh, thought about the, the arguments from both sides. And of course, now we cannot... We, uh, we still cannot read the marking scheme or what we call the marking guideline of this question, but I'm quite sure, as in previous years, that there are both sides of the argument uh, as examples in the marking guideline. Okay, well, Mr. Lai, thank you for joining us. Colin Lai, secondary school teacher who teaches uh, DSE level history. And thank you to Professor Holok Sang from the uh, Pan Sutong Shanghai Hong Kong Economic Policy Research Institute at Lingnan University. And Professor Ho is also the author of a piece on this uh, on this topic in uh, China Daily, which is a, a thoughtful column. Thank you very much indeed for, for joining us this morning. Lots of your emails to share. After the news at nine, we're also going to be talking to Mervyn Chung. We're also going to be talking to Chu Hoi Dick about uh, yesterday's goings on in Legco. Before all that, the news and weather. Sunny intervals and a few showers forecast for today. Temperatures up to about 29 degrees and the weather will remain unsettled for the rest of the week. 27 degrees now. Relative humidity is at 84%. Early results from just a small group of people, but larger trials will begin in July. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Back Chat on uh, Tuesday morning with uh, Ada Wong and uh, Mihu Chiverton. We're continuing to talk in this part of the uh, programme about that question, the DSE uh, history uh, exams. The uh, Examination and Assessment Authority said that they haven't decided whether to, to pull it yet uh, or not. Later, we're also going to be talking to legislator Chu Hoi Dick about what was happening yesterday in the Legislative Council. We've got thoughts on that. We've got thoughts on uh, today's uh, first topic as well. Backchat at rthk.hk is the email address, or, or you can give us a call, 23388. Uh, we're joined now by uh, Mervyn Chung from the Hong Kong Education Policy Concern uh, Organisation. We were talking to Ho Lok Sang and uh, teacher Colin Lai in the first part of the uh, programme. Some more emails then. First of all, this is Bowen, who says the attacks against the question in the history paper are baffling to say the least. Given that the events and the materials under attack, which seem to throw a positive light on Japan's role in China, stopped in 1912. There was thus no overlapping of those events and Japan's subsequent aggressive 
massive moves in China in the First World War and in the Second Sino-Japanese War, order which clearly fell into the time frame, i.e. 1900 to 1945, for which students were required to give an answer. In fact, the question appears to have been so helpfully designed that the candidates were almost prompted to answer that although Japan might have been given done a few favours for China before the First World War, her true intentions were revealed by the atrocities she subsequently committed and the candidates would no doubt have gone on to put that down the details of what Japan did. Education Secretary Kevin Yang sounded like he never took history exams before his Hong Kong CEE exams. More seriously, the thoughts he expressed to the press were so jumbled up that one can only conclude that he ranks among those students whose verbal and analytical abilities leave so much to be desired they are exactly the type that the Hong Kong DSE history examinations are designed to improve or eliminate. The deliberate use of provocative statements for students to comment on in history papers is long established. In light of this, the row is not even over political correctness, but over whether young people are allowed to develop and use their intelligence to tackle familiar topics amid controversial propositions, which abound in real life. The nature and role of Hong Kong is an international cities. It cannot afford to have citizens who can't think logically or rationally express the futes of their analysis, but who will automatically line up to throw stones at foreign consulates at the push of a button. That comes from Bowen. And Tom, in an email, says many increasingly radicalised Hong Kongers are calling for the US to enter into conflict with mainland China. So it's not a surprise that some educators may even start to describe Japan's occupation of China as a good thing. The dogmatism in Hong Kong brings to mind a few war films where the protagonists call in an artillery strike on their own position in the epic final battle. I hope they also teach students about the Japanese occupation of Hong Kong, which was the darkest period of Hong Kong's history, during which the city lost two-thirds of its population. The Western military campaign to free Hong Kong also involved bombing us 62 times, which didn't help either, and the bombs are still being dug up today. That comes uh, from Tom. And uh, Matthew says, I actually think those who insist on this history exam question being deleted are quite unpatriotic and demonstrating their lack of confidence in the CCP and its achievements. This question, like many exam questions, is just designed to challenge students and get them thinking. Clearly, any reasonable answer would perhaps identify a couple of positives associated with Japanese influence in China over the period in question, but would overwhelmingly conclude their influence was more bad than good during that time. Game over, right? Well, not if you're the CCP. The problem is that when a person or an entity does not have any deep intrinsic confidence in itself and is insecure, then basically anything can offend and hurt its feelings. So here we are. On another note, China has announced it will stop importing some beef and all barley from Australia in retaliation for Australia, daring to suggest there should be an inquiry into the Wuhan-originated virus. Uh, the CCP and their apologists complained about the yellow economy in Hong Kong, but the red economy has been bullying and taking punitive action against countries and companies for decades. S says, I wonder if it would help if Carrie and Priscilla Lung did a course in liberal studies. And Drake says, the communists took advantage of the Japanese invasion to overthrow the Republic of China. Mao personally thanked the Japanese uh, army on multiple occasions uh, uh, and his speeches were gazetted. Did the communist invasion do more harm than good to China? Well, welcome to the era of cultural evolution. Purge the independent, purge the democrats, purge the protesters, purge the educators. Let's create the next public enemy. That comes uh, from uh, Drake. Drake, thanks very much indeed for that. Bankchat at rthk.hk. Uh, Mervyn Chung, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning. Uh, well, first of all, what, what about this question of whether you... Th do you think the examinations authority should delete this question in some way? Now, given that um, the question is, uh, is based on 
two sets of rather biased data uh, without the, uh, the opposite side of the picture being shown at the same time. And that uh, there's you know, so much um, uh, you know, uh, criticism you know, surrounding the question. Uh, I, I, I would suggest that the, um, this, uh, the, this question be, be deleted. Uh, because if you carry on with the, with, uh, you know, with the question being uh, valid and, and uh, being marked you know, for, for grading purpose, uh, do you think that the, uh, the candidates and, all the, and also the public at large would have, would have sufficient confidence in the process and also in, in, in the examination question, uh, the, the exam question itself plus its evaluation? Because uh, in the end, uh, uh, towards the, uh, you know, at the end, uh, at the end of, the, of the game, it will be released of, uh, of the BSE uh, results. And students who have obtained lower than expected grades will certainly they put up requests for, uh, you know, for checking the, the marked scripts and all, all these things. And that would result in another, an, another you know, whirlpool of troubles. So at this stage, uh, it would rather be, you know, more, more clear-cut. It would, it would scrap the questions and think of you know, some other ways of uh, uh, evaluating the students in, 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 a, in a way that is considered fair and also appropriate. Mm. Um, Mervyn, uh, yes. this is a compulsory question in yes. the history paper. If we scrap a compulsory question, then you know the marking scheme would would be um, maybe uh, lopsided, or maybe completely changed. And students who might have got a slightly higher mark because they spent more time on this question um, would would not have any mark at all. And students could actually go for judicial review against the Hong Kong government and the Education Bureau. Uh, we should not be terrified by t- judicial reviews because in in many areas of public business, the government and and, and the authorities on uh, you know on uh, on various ends are, are always expected to be you know facing judicial review and of course uh, what 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 they they do should be should be justified and also uh, be fair in, in the eyes of the public. Now. Um, because this is a compulsory question, uh, if it be scrapped, it, I think uh, that would uh, that would put all candidates on uh, on 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 an equal footing. If it's an elective elective question, that would raise uh, these you know problems because some might have been selected you know for for answering and then some not. So in that case, how 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 can we ensure fairness? Uh, in, in, in dealing with these, uh, you know, major, uh, these two major groups of stakeholders. So uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, we, the HKEAA Examinations and Assessment Authority uh, would need to think of a way of uh, moderating um, the, the, uh, the performance and also the, the situation uh, of, the, uh, of, of, of the students um, is, is, is this... in, in this exam because... Uh, uh, after the deletion, um, they, they might need to judge you know, students uh, to what extent students are affected by, by uh, you know, by, uh, by the striking out of the question involved in. Uh, the, the teacher we had on the first part of the program was saying this is a kind of typical question. This is the sort of question that's been asked many times uh, in the past. Uh, uh, and having a provocative kind of statement like this is is characteristic of these exams. 
Uh, is, do, do you agree with that, Mervyn Chung? Do, have you seen this kind of question before? Or, or, or Ada, do you think it's kind of typical? Well, uh, Mervyn, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't say that it's, uh, it's uh, very typical, but uh, this kind of questions uh, uh, did uh, appear before in, uh, in, you know, in papers like uh, history, uh, or liberal studies, etc., or, or, or say uh, political science, uh, you know, uh, and s- uh, subjects of this kind, which are which often set uh, open-end questions. But uh, now, if we want to have this kind of question, then I think that both sides should be uh, should be treated equal. That is, we have the the um, we have a data on on the for side, plus also information on the con side then students will exercise their judgment and try to put a comparison. But now what the students are given are only two sets of uh, biased data out of millions of, you know, millions of data uh, that, uh, that might be collected on, on various... The question, the question does specifically period. say using your own knowledge yeah. as well. It does say use the, use the sources and your own knowledge. So those yeah, two references are just uh, supporting material? Yeah, supporting materials using your own knowledge. Then, uh, in, in students' mind, over that uh, that uh, you know uh, short span of time, can they be so quick in, in uh, and, and also apes in, in in judging the the relative proportion of the things that involved it? Now, uh, so uh, if the two sets of data given are in Japan's favor, they might you know, think more you know in in, in, in uh, along the line of. Uh, of uh, uh, commending Japan's uh, contributions to China rather than the, you know, uh, uh, rather than the opposite. So uh, overall, I think uh, the starting point is that the data looked, uh, you know, quite quite biased and also without any and, 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 any balancing, you know, in regards to things taking take, uh, taking place in the opposite side, like a Japanese invasion uh, and the atrocities committed by Japan during. Mm during those, uh, you know, horrible years. Mervyn, um, yes. you know Hong Kong education policy well, um, and these types of questions, uh, provocative questions, have appeared before. And, and as, as you might know, the examination authority, they have a very watertight procedure in designing and drafting questions. And they don't really ask political figures to come up with these questions, but they are scholars. They ask history professors and retired principals. Um, and, and this procedure has been ongoing for the last few decades. Now, what went wrong in, in this question? How come this sort of question uh, could be approved, uh, you know, for, for the exam in the first place? Uh, yes, they, uh, they definitely have uh, procedures to follow through with uh, a committee of uh, related uh, personnel, like what you mentioned, uh, university academics and uh, uh, senior teachers uh, in, in the subject. Uh, Etc. to to vet the uh, to vet the question and set the approval uh, before that become valid uh, uh, questions in in the uh, in the final paper. And now one one complication is that uh, it's been uh, reported and uh, by by the media that the examination sector has got some some kind of uh, uh, preconceived ideas on on you know on on on, on related things. Like uh, uh, and that's been posted on on his uh, his uh, social media uh, on his uh, in a social media that's been unraveled by 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 the uh, by the newspaper. But that gentleman has nothing to do with the drafting of this question. Uh, he's the no, he, he's the uh, he's a manager 
of that subject, and uh, and also the secretary of the uh, of the committee uh, of the subject committee involved it, and uh, so at least he's in touch with with those things, and I think for all inquiries normally. Uh, they are directed towards the, uh, they are directed to the secretary for for handling. So uh, uh, I think that the sense of the controversy, uh, to some extent, is also related to to this uh, a little bit complicated situation because uh, uh, people uh, like uh, the uh, some politicians and and also teachers and school principals uh, are suspicious are suspicious that. Uh, 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 this kind of a preconceived belief has something to do with the um, with, with, with wording of the question and also the, the provision of the two sets of uh, what they consider biased data. And if there is this kind of uh, lack of trust in, in, the, in the examination question involved, it, it is difficult to win uh, full support for it, especially now that uh, we have uh, such a great controversy Surrounding the, the whole issue, and it's still being argued, that, you know, uh, uh, you know, day after day, uh, currently. But, but still, you know, the design of exam questions is a very confidential matter. But uh, it is not just about one person; it's about a committee, and there should be several people who have seen this question before and who have approved it. So, I'm, I, my thinking was that perhaps um, they look at um, the question from the point of view of um, exam technique. Uh, by using this very, um, you know, long period between 1900 and 1945 where, you know, lots of very big events happened, uh, surely the history student will know that um, there should be pros and cons. And, and so in order to, um, uh, to score uh, or to differentiate, you know, the A students, the five double star students uh, from the weaker students, um, they, they tend to have this sort of exam technique uh, with a very open-ended question. And so those who are more intelligent to tackle this controversial question will get us higher mark. And this has been happening in Hong Kong for the last few decades. Yeah, uh, I think uh, that, that 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 could be true. But uh, in setting the question, can we make it a bit? You know, can we make it a, you know a, a more balanced situation? Now, instead of providing only two sets of uh, uh, of data in favor of only one uh, one one of the two countries involved, it can 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 we be you know uh, more 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 uh, more balanced by providing also the, the uh, 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 data? Uh, uh, to, uh, you know, which is uh, which is uh, you know fair to the other side. Now, if we have these two sets of data being put on the table, then uh, students can still exercise their judgment and use their own knowledge to judge, to compare, and also to make uh, a very convincing presentation, which helps to differentiate students into different grades of achievement. So, why not? Okay. Um, lots of uh, emails are on this. It's quite a complicated subject, really. But okay, here's some comments from our Facebook page. Hong Kong Look says, Dear Backchat, I want to hear from senior teachers in Hong Kong whether they reckon that, one, when taking this question, most candidates perceive they are expected to analyse the pros and cons in order to get a good score, no matter they agree or don't agree with the statement. Two, forget about mainland China and Hong Kong at the moment. Do our educators and teachers believe this question is acceptable in Taiwan's public exam? given they are more liberal and democratic. Tom says, an exam question, analyse how German genocide of Jews in Europe helped to create the Jewish homeland of Israel. What are the pros and cons of a massacre? 
Uh, TC says, this is a great example of how Chinese thinking doesn't promote logical thought. One can never be a devil's advocate in this culture. The statement in the question was an exam question meant to test students' knowledge in Chinese history in an indirect way. Studying history is also about articulating sound interpretations based on historical facts. Students are free to state their disagreement with the question statement with historical events such as Japan's full-scale invasion of China. Uh, omitting World War II in the answer also shows inadequate knowledge of Japan's influence to China from 1900 to 1945, and it's likely to earn a low score. More importantly, the way Chinese government mouthpieces, the Hong Kong government and the pro-establishment responded, rekindled interest in the historical subject and reminded everyone that many times Mao Zedong thanked Japan for invading China. On another note, CUP Media posted a question from Cambridge University's entrance exam in 2013. I'm not sure if one can accuse Cambridge University for beautifying Nazi Germany by asking that question. I think that was a question about the German people you were referring to that way. Uh, TC also says, part of what got on the nerves of Beijing in the question is that the source material supplied in the question alluded, uh, indirectly alluded that the Communist Party of China asked the Soviet Union for aid through Comintern. Uh, okay, uh, Alan says, here we go again with the United Front characterising a question as support, insult, etc., etc. It was a question. It gave an opportunity for students to explain their understanding of a massively important and complex historical event. But the United Front don't want to discuss or examine any historical or social issue. We must just hate 100% any hate enemy of Beijing. Don't confuse us with facts. All colonialists are evil, were evil 200 years ago, 100 years ago, are still evil now, and must be reminded and punished forever. Your host is asking, is it appropriate to ask teenagers this? Wait till they're undergraduates. Really? A 17 or 18-year-old can join the army and be sent to war in many people. They can be tried as an adult for committing a crime. Uh, S says, seems like we're confused about liberal studies. There's no point in having reference material. The whole purpose is for the students to read a passage and make decisions based on the passage. When answering questions, to give reasons based on the information in the passage to give the reasons for the arguments. The whole purpose is to help students think and not regurgitate material from textbooks and reference books. Patrick from Wan Chai says the controversial exam question seems perfectly valid to me. Any student who simply reads the sources and said Japan did more good than harm in the period would get a very low mark. It's ludicrous to suggest our students should not be asked these sorts of things. It's an insult to their intelligence. Even worse would be to invalidate the question after it's been set and answered. This would be unfair to those who had given a good answer. Andrew F says, I give the person who wrote this question an F. Leading aside the moral quagmire, it's just such a horribly crafted question with a time frame that's far too long together with reference material that's overly specific and relates to a much narrower time frame unless you allow candidates the time to write their first book in response it's going to be extremely hard to address uh, in any useful way Bowen says, if any independent thinking student thinks economic benefits cannot be compared to wartime atrocities, they can say so, and answer that therefore Japan, of course, did more harm than good to China in the period, with reference to what the Japanese did. By the way, Hugh, when I did A-level history in England, our English history teacher and our set spent one whole class discussing what would happen if the Spaniards had won against Elizabeth I in the Spanish Armada. Nobody thought it was unpatriotic, not to mention immoral, to discuss that. I think it's preposterous for Merlin and Chung to have so underestimated the intelligence of young people and their ability to read simple exam questions that he thinks negative materials on Japan need to be included. Maybe intelligence is exactly what the authorities are so afraid of. That comes uh, from Bowen. Thank you very much indeed for for uh, all those uh, comments. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, just 
Oh, a couple more. Um, AG says, I studied history in Hong Kong. Yes, history questions have been set like this in the 1980s and 90s in my old days. I can't agree with Mervyn. If you're a student studying history, you know the facts and can tell how tricky the question is. You will not be diverted by the supporting material. And this question is very obvious that Japan was hurting China in large extent. If you have any knowledge of Chinese history, come on. P.S. I don't think the history students are jokes. And Sam says, the problem with the DSE question is not so much about fairness as it is about ethical content. Would it be fair to ask if Hitler's invasion of Germany was fair? Uh, what about the human cost? Of course, there are economic impacts, but to measure that against the human cost and scale of suffering is clearly not only grounded in a particular worldview that is shunned by any human ethical perspective. Clearly, these pro-democracy lot have lost the plot here in their anti-China vitriolic. How disappointing. The depths of their moral decay has no bounds. That comes from Sam. Thank you for all those, for all those comments. And thank you to, to Mervyn Chung from the Hong Kong Policy uh, Concern Organisation for joining us this morning. While there were dramatic scenes in the uh, Legislative Council uh, yesterday as uh, pan-democratic lawyers uh, objected to the uh, chairmanship of the uh, LegCo uh, House Committee, a uh, dispute that, of course, that has been going on uh, uh, for the duration, in fact, uh, of this session. Among those demonstrating was uh, legislator Chu Hoi-Dick, who joins us on the line now. Mr Chu, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks so much indeed for, for joining us. Um, in the end, aren't you just going to have to put up with this? You've lost this battle. Uh, move on. Well, uh, it's only Beijing that uh, uh, doesn't want us to have a peaceful time. Uh, next week, we will have uh, the national anthem ordinance uh, being resumed, uh, the second reading. There will definitely be another fight. Uh, and in the House Committee itself, uh, I think uh, we need to see whether there are other political orders coming from Beijing that are forcing through uh, uh, the council uh, within the last two months. Um, there has been, um, you know, quite quite a number of incidents where there's violence and scuffling um, in the legislative council chambers, and things are getting worse. Um, do, do you see this um, escalating um, as time goes by? And you know, can we all sit down to have more calm um, discussions and debates? Well, the, I think the problem right now is uh, CCP just couldn't leave Hong Kong people alone. Uh, we all know that uh, their political initiatives are, are coming uh, waves by waves, uh, not to mention the DSE saga that you have been discussing. Uh, if Hong Kong was a democracy and if the Communist Party did not intervene in our administration, then there would be no need uh, to have scuffles in the council. But we are having the opposite. So I, I don't think um, we are acting, I mean, as legislators, we are acting against the will of the Hong Kong people. The Hong Kong people actually uh, wants us to be uh, stronger, wants us to, to voice out uh, their views uh, in the council, uh, through debate and also through uh, direct actions. Okay, some thoughts from uh, listeners. Uh, Andrew F says, uh, perhaps you should invite one of those participants in this childish behaviour, this is talking about what happened yesterday, to explain on air what the objective was and what they expected to achieve. It was up to me, they would all be in jail. In fact, Andrew F says, I'm oh, sorry, Andrew K says, uh, everyone present in LegCo today should be barred from ever holding public office again. So, so Chu Hoi Dick, what, what was your objective? What did you expect to achieve? 
in the bigger picture, I, I participate in filibustering in the House Committee election for the last seven months. Uh, because when House Committee resumes its business as usual, uh, it, it now does, the Communist Party will force the passage of the National Anthem Ordinance and even the National Security Ordinance before the term ends. And, and that violates the rights of Hong Kong people, and that's why we, we come out. Um, so there are no other ways, I mean, uh, apart from filibustering? Well, if, if there's if there's... Way you can suggest, uh, but, but I mean, after 22 years since the handover, I, I don't think uh, uh, the young people or even elderly uh, supporters of democracy think to sit down with the Communist Party or to sit down with the Beijing camp uh, is actually a choice. I mean, they, they, they just uh, don't give us this chance uh, uh, to uh, defend our rights and to keep business as usual, but to intervene us and try to uh, change our system, try to destroy our basic rights, just see what, what, what they are uh, trying to do uh, to the DX, DSD exam. They're trying to just cancel uh, a question because it is... Uh, 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 political incorrect according to the mainland's point of view. But people will get hurt. I mean, as a lawmaker, you were also hurt. Um, so, you know. Yeah, nobody it, it... wants to get hurt. I, myself, too. I, I, I got hurt and I, I will in the future. Uh, but we are in this middle of uh, uh, struggle between the people of Hong Kong and uh, uh, the Communist Party. And I think compared to uh, the young people who, who, who are fighting in the street, uh, it is uh, just a piece of cake for us in the chamber. So, um, so uh, well, the next election is coming up and um, you, do, do you expect, um, you know, there's more stalemate um, in the affairs of the Legislative Council? In, in... I think that depends on how... Hong Kong people decide if they think that uh, uh, the democratic camp and Hong Kong people should transform ourselves uh, from uh, a defensive mode to a more offensive mode then they can give us uh, the majority of the legislative council through uh, uh, voting for us and, and that may be a game changer because uh, uh, we have never uh, got uh, uh, the majority in the council, and that can, well, uh, force, uh, in certain extent, uh, both the pro-Beijing uh, pro camp and Beijing to realize uh, the, the will of Hong Kong people. And that is uh, uh, their chance to decide whether they should sit down uh, to Hong Kong people and to lay out a new plan for Hong Kong. Okay, well, Drake in an email says, Thank you, Eddie. We need more people like you. Stay safe. Uh, Tom says, uh, For Beijing to allow the pandems to be the governing party someday, the pandems need to demonstrate themselves rational enough to govern the city. However, instead of trying to pull their most radical supporters back from the middle, increasingly more politicians like Eddie Chu are chasing them out towards the end of the branch. Instead of creating a circus in Legco to attract the support of five demands crowd, they eventually need to educate their constituents on the eventual need for compromise and uh, Andy says oh let's uh, 
Andrew F says, uh, Hugh, since you raised this yourself earlier, as for whether Hong Kong teenagers are mature enough to weigh such a question, I'd say look no further than the local undergraduates who put up a poster celebrating the Japanese invasion of China during the height of the protest last year for your answer. And uh, Andy says, we have seen councillors taking the chair at committees surrounded by security guards and then Democrat councillors being carried or dragged out by other guards. This presents a terrible but probably true image of today's Hong Kong. Where will it end? Today, security guards, tomorrow armed police, then PLA, then revolutionaries from either side. The establishment thinks itself very clever, but should be careful. On the 4th of January 1642, King Charles I, in flagrant breach of parliamentary privilege, marched into the English House of Commons with armed troops to arrest members of Parliament. Uh, this historic and brazen action was the catalyst for the English Civil War, which ended with the execution of the King. Arise, ye who refuse to be slaves, says Andy. Thank you very much indeed for that. Chihui Dick, thank you very much indeed for, for joining us this morning. Uh, Ada, many thanks to you. The weather, sunny intervals and a few showers. Uh, maximum temperature today about 29 degrees uh, and there'll be occasionally heavy showers and squally thunderstorms uh, as well. 27 degrees at the moment and the relative humidity now at 84%. Police always endeavour to facilitate the staging of peaceful events and processions. Members of the public are reminded not to take part in any unlawful public events or assemblies and to avoid people committing violent acts that jeopardize public safety and order. To help restore law, order and peace to Hong Kong, say no to vandalism and say no to violence. 933, the news with Samantha Butler. President Trump says he's taking an anti-malarial drug as a precaution against the new coronavirus. Mr Trump, who's tested negative several times, said he'd been taking hydroxychloroquine as a preventive measure. The U.S. Health Secretary Alex Azar has rebuked the World Health Organization's response to the coronavirus pandemic, accusing it of costing many lives by failing to provide information the world needed. Mr. Azar, without directly naming China, said the WHO hadn't given complete information. And the U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo has demanded China reveal immediately the whereabouts of the Panchen Lama, 25 years after the six-year-old boy was seized. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Stand by for the brew. Uh, sociology prof from the University of Set and Costume Designer, great interpreter of Beethoven. As well. Oh, so shy, quiet, and retiring doggy council co-founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is a really for adults, it's not really for cats. Good morning. Yeah, well, it's fun, you know. Hello. Decide of what's happening behind the myth. Good morning. In-depth interviews and also observations. Absolutely no way. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Good morning once again. Welcome to Tuesday. It's the Morning Brew with me, Phil Whelan. It's Oceana Day. That's what happens on Tuesdays. So after 10.30, Jared Watt's going to be with us with all the news that's fit to broadcast.